Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast, your listening guide to parenting with peace and connection. I'm Stacy Bellward, here with co-founder of Connected Families, Jim Jackson. Welcome everyone to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm Stacy. I'm here with Jim Jackson. Hey Jim. Hi Stacy. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Fought a little traffic to get here, but it's all good now. We are all good. We are in the middle of our 10-part series that has the title of What Should I Do When? We've covered all sorts of different topics. Mm-hmm. We have more to come, yep. haven't we? Such as, what should I do when my child won't calm down? Or what should I do when my child lies to me? Ooh, that was a big one. Yeah, so what's today's question? Today's question is, what should I do when my tween wants to quit their music lesson? My tween wants to quit their music lesson. I was a tween that wanted to quit my music lessons once upon a time. Yeah, I used to play the flute. What did you play, Jim? I played uh, the piano first. I was going to be a prodigy, according to my mother, and then the guitar. Yep. Uh, and but scales were too hard for me, and learning the fundamentals, and so I I moved on to using my voice. I got okay. voice lessons, and yeah. I can sing a scale with my voice quite quite well. I won't demonstrate that here today. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it. It is nice. And your three kids are all musicians, is that right? It's true. So you've walked through this mm-hmm. having kids in instrument lessons. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, we love bringing in our other staff people from Connected Families to join us on these conversations. Yep. And today we have Chad Hange. He's here. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He coaches many people every single week. And so, hi, Chad. Welcome to the studio. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you here, too, um, because you do a lot of coaching with parents of tweens and teens, don't you? I do, yeah. That's kind of the the sweet spot uh, for me, so this uh, kind of falls under that category for sure. Yep. You have a few teens in the house. Yeah, you know, I've got a couple uh, 20-year-olds now and a 17-year-old, and uh, just a quick snapshot on my experience with music is uh, I got booted out of the seventh grade marching band. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Who are these people yeah. talking about this today? <laughs> exactly. So anyway, there's uh, that's my quick uh, foray into music. Oh, that's good. Well, today's topic is, as I said before, but it's what should I do when my tween wants to quit their music lesson, and there's a lot of feeling around that mm-hmm. on, you know, all the different sides, and it's a nuanced yeah. topic, as yeah. really they all are, because yep. every family situation is different. But we like to start our episodes, our podcasts, with a quick answer. Yeah, I think uh, starting with curiosity is a good place, right? So what's going on? Uh, asking that question of, of why and what's happening, and, and maybe there's something underneath that that would make some sense around this. I think the quick answer is that uh, it's really important to stick to your commitments, uh, to do the things that you've said that you're going to do, yep. and for us as parents to help our kids be successful in uh, taking responsibility for the commitments that they've signed up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so fight that fight. You've paid for it. You've made a commitment to it. Uh, I know it's hard. I want to be with you to support that this is difficult. Um, I, you know, I, I like that answer. Yeah. But I also recognize, you know, having talked to lots of parents, that, that, that it can get really complicated really fast, can't it? It can, and I think that that's where the nuance comes in and that's where the relationship comes in. 
Uh, that's where context comes in, in mm -hmm. terms of uh, how did this get arranged in the first place? Um, and so I think there are a lot of things to unpack there. What do you mean, how did it get arranged in the first place? Don't, don't all music lessons start because children think it's a good idea for them to do this and it will help them develop as humans, and so they decide <laughs> to get into music lessons? Isn't yeah. that how it always starts? Yes. I mean, their kids are passionate, and uh, they just bug their parents endlessly about... I really want to sign up for the flute now, 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 right? Um, I mean, or, there are kids who do that. Yeah, aren't right, right, yeah. right, right. But uh, a lot of times uh, it's a, well, this might be a good idea or we want to develop you. And I've worked with lots of parents who believe it's a really important idea for their kids to get some musical training. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it isn't important. There's a lot of research that would suggest <laughs> right. that that's helpful for your brain right. and it's helpful for development. Yeah. Uh, but how that gets into play is a pretty significant uh, issue. Yeah. yeah, and and didn't God wire some of our kids to be musicians and some of our kids to do something else? Yeah, like get booted out of seventh grade band, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm case in point for the other something else, I think. Yeah. Another way lines. out. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so, Chad, what are, uh, presumably you've dealt with this issue as you've coached parents or you've received some communications from parents. What's a specific, let's, let's hone in because there are so many different variables here. Let's hone in on a specific sort of scenario or two uh, that are, uh, that are different from each other and, and sort of go through the nuances in each case. Yeah, you know, so I appreciate questions, and we get lots of questions from people um, uh, about kind of what should I do, and that's typically where parents start. Um, mm -hmm. they, they're, how do I get this behavior to stop or start, or it usually is behavior-focused. But here's a question that we receive that uh, I think is a, is a pretty typical, maybe standard for for um, wanting to quit music lessons, and the, the question uh, and background says this, my 10-year-old started flute lessons in September and is a real talent and made great progress, but after Christmas decided she really didn't want to continue. We are concerned at a pattern of starting things but not seeing them through, and we're unsure how much to insist and how much to allow choice. Mm -hmm. We want her to learn responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I That's feel for that parent. That's kind of the main thing in all of this, isn't it? Whether whether the kids continue on in the lessons or whether whether we decide, guided by Holy Spirit wisdom, to do something else, we don't want to communicate a message to our kids that you're irresponsible. We want to drive them toward this belief that they are responsible for their lives, their actions, their decisions. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But I feel this parent's um, dilemma, right, because the child has talent, and so you want to lead them down that path yeah. of that talent. And so, right, the parent gets a few kudos, too, when you see your chi child really excelling <laughs> in a certain area. And so then to see them just throw that in the garbage and say, eh, I don't really care, is a hard thing for a parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And I think that working at uh, even getting underneath that, like what what's going on inside of me, mm -hmm. like, it's a you can get a tangled web pretty quickly where we're we're trying to go. Is this more about me or is it more for them? Mm -hmm. And and what's you know what's this all about? And so when we hear the word quit <laughs> as a parent, Ooh. right? I mean yeah. that that does something to me. Yeah, I'm like I'm not raising a quitter. This, yeah. no child of mine is going to quit this thing. And we can easily start projecting down the road a little mm -hmm. bit of what this might look like yep. in 10 years if I let this kiddo quit at this point. Yeah. So yeah. 
And and you've each said something, and I mean, this is what you're talking about, that, that says some of this is about me, the parent. Yeah. I, I, I get kudos as a parent when my kids do well, yeah. and no child of mine is going to act this way. And who's that about, those things? Yeah. That's me. about us. And mm-hmm. so how do we disconnect ourselves and our value from what's happening here so that we can truly guide our kids in a way that, that there aren't strings attached, weird strings in their yeah. minds or in their spirits as, as we navigate this. So, Chad, what was the answer to the... the the, the the gal who wrote this letter. How did we? How did you navigate that? Yeah, you know, I, I think when we look at the connected families framework, it guides us with some questions. So if we're if we're talking about this foundational aspect of of uh, you're safe with me and communicating that message, really safe emotionally, physically, spiritually. This isn't about me. Mm-hmm. My identity is secure. I don't need you to perform or behave well in order for me to be okay. Mm-hmm. Trying to work through and get out of that. Uh, then kind of moving into the idea of connection, strong connection, that we, we want to keep uh, our, our connection and not lose um, the connection we have with our child over this situation. Mm-hmm. And so there's a message that comes out of that. You know, child, you are loved no matter what. And it's really then important to, to ask the question, what's it like to be my child? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And, and as I alluded to at the beginning and in, in saying, okay, asking that question, understanding, being curious, you know, did the friend group leave band? Did they did they switch instruments? Did they go yeah. into the choir? You know, what yeah. what's the underlying piece here? And we'll make a whole lot better decisions and uh, stay connected to our kids when we have a better understanding of what's actually happening. Yep. So, you know, those two pieces would be primary in terms of before we get to what am I going to do, we're considering what's going on. So, Chad, you may not even know this, but you're you're referring to a product that we offer and that we want to make sure listeners know about, which is this ebook about the four messages that we talk about at Connected Families all the time, right, Stacy? Yeah, that's right. So, the framework that is that has four messages: you are safe with me, you are loved no matter what, you are called and capable, and you are responsible. And we mm-hmm. have that um, quick framework on a magnet, but we also wrote a whole ebook about it. Um, it's called Four Messages Every Child Longs to Hear. And if you want to get more information about that, um, look in our show notes. Um, also go to our website, connectedfamilies.org, and you can get more information. It's free. Yep. Yeah. So, Chad, um, you worked with this mom. You you helped her kind of understand how to communicate the message, you're safe with me, and then the message, you're loved, no matter how this goes. I, I'm going to work to understand you, empathize, you know, all those things, and through that to communicate the message, you are loved. How did you move this mom toward helping her child be responsible as you responded? Yeah, so those first two messages we, we talk about safe and loved are really messages of grace. And, uh, you know, our kids need to have a, a place where they're going to fall back into a nest of grace where they're loved unconditionally. But then we move up the, the, the framework to called and capable and responsible, and you start thinking about the messages of accountability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so uh, our kids need to have both of those pieces in play. And so as you, as you move forward, one of the things that I, I oftentimes encourage parents to, to um, consider is clarity is one of your best friends when it comes to holding somebody accountable. Clarity is one of your best friends. Yeah, if there's a lack of clarity about what the expectations are, it's really difficult to hold somebody mm-hmm. accountable to yeah. something. And so my question to this mom would be, um, so what was the expectation when music lessons started in September? 
was it clear that we were going to reevaluate after Christmas or we were going to evaluate again in May? Yeah. Um, what, what, what did that look like? So I can hear a parent responding to that by saying, well, of course it was clear. When you sign up for music lessons, everybody knows they go through the school year. They, it's going to go to the end of the year. I'm sure I said something about it when we started. Yeah, and uh, and you may have, but it really um, that's an important aspect. But it it also matters quite a bit on what your child heard, right, or what their perception <laughs> what their perceptions were. Right? You mean right. just because I just because I say it doesn't mean my child gets it? Right. Well, how do I know? Or if I they, assumed it. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or just because it's in my brain, my yeah. child doesn't understand. How? Do, what are some ways to make this clear? Yeah. So, so you're you're getting at it, right? Where whether it's a document. Okay, and sometimes that feels really formal. Uh, but with a child who, who in this situation, the mom alludes to the fact that we're worried that she's a good starter but not a good finisher, you may want to have some real clarity about what the expectations are. So uh, we're going to start this in September. We're going to look at it in May at the end of the school year and kind of see how you're feeling about it and what we're thinking about it, and we'll come back together and reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that's clear, then this conversation really is more about empathy and hearing and going, yeah, it's hard, isn't it, to stick with it and, and do these things, but here's what we agreed to, and we know you can do yeah. it, and, and this is a struggle, but how can we support you? Uh, because we've agreed that this is the way that's going to look. Yep. So clarity really gives us a good opportunity then for accountability and, and then encouragement, right? We yeah. don't have to come and say, you know, you're not going to quit or this isn't okay or I can't believe that. It's like, oh, no, I know it's hard, but yep. you can still do this hard thing. And how can we help support you in that? Yeah, you know, uh, with our daughter who struggled to honor that commitment, and mid-year, most years, she'd want to quit piano. <laughs> like, ah, oh, I think this is the year I'm going to stop and I'm going to quit. And, and, you know, well, honey, we've made this commitment, and we talked about it at the beginning of the year. And we began to recognize one thing that would really help her was to look toward that end-of-year recital. And she's a very social person as well. It made sense to us that if we could find a way for her to do a duet with a friend as part of the recital, then that would help her stick through this commitment because now it wasn't just about the piano lessons and the music. It was about another human, which for a lot of kids is important. So mm. so for her late year piano recital, she did duets with one of her friends all every year. Yeah. And that was a big, huge motivator that helped her. And she was a part of that decision as we talked about what do you need in order to honor that commitment. Yeah, I think that's that's really great, and it takes the uniqueness of your child mm-hmm. uh, into consideration as well. Um, studying your child, what do they need? Yep. If we look at it as this kid just wants to quit everything, and no, you know, no child of mine is going to quit this. Uh, you can just feel the tone, and it's going to turn into yep. a, a, a mm-hmm. battle, likely. Um, so that idea of how do you want to, here's what needs to happen. Now, how you're going to go about making that happen. Yep. What are the unique ways that you could yep. get across the finish line here? Learn the things you need to learn and still have some, some joy and yeah. some say in it. So as a mom, I'm thinking and hearing this conversation, I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so I've checked in with myself. I'm careful to make sure that None of my baggage is attached to this conversation with my daughter about her music lesson. And then I'm working on empathy. So I'm really asking the question, Mm -hmm. what's going on in her? What else was going on that's causing her to really want to give this up right now? Okay, so these are the steps. This is how far I've gone. But she still wants to quit. And we're still having these battles every week over, is she going to practice? You know, we're paying for the lesson and it's, 
expensive. Yeah. And, and so, like it or not, I am a little bit tied to her practicing and getting her my money's worth out yeah. of this. So I know that's a little bit me, but it's still the reality that a lot yep. of parents are dealing with. So how do I hold her responsible? The question sort of is, how do I get her to be responsible? The real purpose, as I've heard you say it, is is how do I help her take responsibility? So I can force behavior as a parent, right? But how do I help this child develop a sense of responsibility for that? And it is a hard one because I think there are some parents who we've heard from who say, you know what, it wasn't worth the energy. It wasn't worth the cost to our relationship uh-huh. to force this anymore. So, so then the question was, how do I help you become responsible for something, whether it's the money or the time or using your talent or gifts in another way mm-hmm. so that you're accountable to do that at a bigger level than just piano lessons? So sometimes we, we get to this place where we demand right behavior, finish your commitment to flute in this situation, uh, and uh, we leverage relationship to get to it. And at the end of the day, we don't have a relationship and we don't have the behavior. And now there's this chasm that's being built uh, in, mm. in our relationship yeah. with our kids. And and I wouldn't go to the place of saying, I will sacrifice all relationship or great amounts of relationship to get you to do this behavior thing. Because I think there are other ways that we can help our kids learn to be responsible, mm-hmm. which is really what we're after here. Yep. We want you to be responsible. So so uh, I'm caught in this tension now, and I'm hearing it, and I'm hearing parents say, okay, I get it. Sometimes I need to keep pushing my kids to do the thing, the lessons, and sometimes I need to back away and find a different outlet for them to develop their responsibility. When I'm at that place, how do I know it, and then what do I do? I think a lot of it comes from understanding what's going on with your child. There's so much information that's going to come out of that. Like, what's the rationale here? Even if you don't think it's it's uh, it's reasonable, or there's questions that you have about that, I think I think we're going to learn some things mm-hmm. from that. But if it's just a, a dead end, like you're going to do this, no, I'm not. You know, are you going to really get? next to them every single time to make them do their lesson, yeah. right? To sit with them. Now the power struggle has engaged and pretty much your entire focus in, in your relationship is centered around this issue. Yeah. Ouch. I don't, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to be in that place. Yeah. Right. And so what are some alternatives to teaching responsibility? Uh, like this did cost money and you need to understand the value of money mm-hmm. and our time and effort that we um, are making money for you to learn some things like this. And so there might be a financial contribution that they need to make in order to pay you back. There may be some other things that they want to commit toward. And now, if we haven't been really strong in our expectation or clarity about what the expectation is, this also then provides another opportunity for us to say, okay, well, let's let's make sure that we are fully understanding what you're getting into in this next commitment that you're ready to make. Mm. Uh, And what have we learned from this one? Mm. And how do you want to push through? Because it's likely you're going to come to the same spot where you're going to go, this is really hard and I don't want to do this. And so now we're growing perseverance uh, as well uh, as we continue to to teach responsibility. And some decision-making skills and mm-hmm. some thoughtfulness. And not everybody's going to be a musician all their lives. So how are you going to use your gifts, your talents to be a blessing um, if it's not going to be music? 
And if you can come up with a wise appeal or a proposal to us about what you would do other than these lessons and how you'll make up for that money, um, then then let's have that conversation. But until then, I expect you to be ready for your lesson on Friday. <laughs> right on, right on. Right? And I think it's honoring. Uh, it also puts the ball back in the court of the child yep. and uh, allows them to have to come up with some creative solutions. Yeah. So I fought hard enough as a youngster, Stacy. I don't know about you. I, I, the reason that I ended up doing voice things was because I fought hard enough not to do guitar and not to do piano. Uh-huh. And, and, be, and at the core of it, what my mother discovered as she probed this with me was a deep discouragement about the fact that I would reach a learning plateau. And then we realized I had a, I had a literal disability that made it impossible for my hands to work in opposition to each other when it got complex. Interesting, yeah. And so, and so for a couple of years, I got a lot of shame about that. Hmm. Uh, and got told I was lazy and got told I was a a, a quitter and, you know, all these things when at the core of what was happening with me was a deep, deep, deep discouragement about the fact that something was wrong with me and I didn't have words for it. I couldn't explain it. All the other kids who were doing what I was doing were moving on and I got stuck uh, and I got deeply discouraged. And, you know, it, it really was in that discouraged place that mom said, I give up. It wasn't like this wonderful, happy conversation Mm -hmm. because she didn't have these tools. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And it took me a while then to kind of regain this sense of responsibility for uh, even as a 58 year old man, you know, now I still struggle against this message in me that says I'm irresponsible. (laughs) <laughs> like uh-huh. there's something wrong with me at that level. So uh, I think some awareness of those dynamics. Now, not every child is me, and I think there's kids who um, can benefit greatly from the parent not just sitting there enforcing this, but it's like, I'll be with you during your lessons. Yeah. Why don't I hang out in the room with you while you practice? And and if it's getting hard for you, you know, I'll, I'll encourage you along the yeah. way. Instead of just go over there and do your lessons and be alone in it and, and struggle on your own, and I'll, I'll be present for yeah. you with you. It doesn't... I might have work to do, but I'll do my work in the room. I love that story, Jim, because even as a mom, it just reinforces the what's going on in my child and just really tuning into that mm-hmm. and also be in prayer about that because yeah. that's a deeper issue, right? Like I just want right. to um, be in tuned with, with the Lord and see what wisdom he would give me in that situation. Yeah. So, wow, the, this topic is, is complicated for families, but I think we unpacked it pretty decently today. So right before we end, Jim, why don't you summarize for the people listening? Well, A, it's complex. Yep. So even the summary, you know, is subject to lots of interpretation. But it's it's aimed for keeping children in touch with their responsibility for their lives, for their actions and their decisions. And to do what we can to, to encourage them, to put things in place for them, to, to um, continue on and honor the commitment they've made to their lessons. Yeah. But if, if you're doing your best work to do that and there still is a snag, don't let it cost you the relationship and find other ways for your child to move into responsibility. Good. I like that. Thanks for being with us, Chad. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Connected Families podcast. We hope you got tips that you can use in your parenting today. Please subscribe and leave us a positive review so other families can find us and learn how to parent with peace and connection.